Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everyone, to Life on the Bubble. I'm Andy Katz, pleased to be joined by longtime friend, co-host, colleague, Seth Greenberg. We're going to get through each region for this podcast. We are talking about the South region of March Madness 2023 Men's Basketball Championship. Uh, Seth, we've got Alabama as the number one seed. Let's just pause right there. What did you think of Alabama as the one overall? I thought they earned the one overall. And you could have said Kansas because the number one quad one wins. I think quad, the quad one phenomenon to me is all just because it's easy to digest. It's easy to explain. Well, they got five quad one wins. They got three quad one losses. To me, that doesn't mean anything. When I look at Alabama, I look at the most complete team in college basketball. I call Noah's Ark. They have two of everything. And Brandon Miller's just a different guy. I mean, his ability to – reminds me of Kevin Durant. I mean, he can get in the lane. He's got a runner. He shoots the three. He can initiate your break off a defensive rebound. He plays in ball screens. Noah Clowney gives him a runner and an offensive rebounder and a shot blocker. I think Javon Quinterly's playing at a high level. Uh, I think Alabama uh, hit a little bit of a roadblock, but I think that they've gotten through that. And the way they played in the SEC tournament, they looked dominant. So let's already project them. We're going to go through each matchup, but um, we know whoever they play between Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Southeast Missouri in Birmingham, we do not see a UMBC-Virginia game here, 16-1. I guess this is my question just in general about them before we move to that 8-9 game, is what do you want to see from Alabama in the first game in preparation for whoever they play next to be a very physical game? You are your habits. Uh, play Alabama basketball. And Alabama basketball, think about this. They run you off the three-point line, I think about 28% from the three. They also protect the front of the rim. rim. And, and, and when they, they when get they that get... stop, they turn it and they convert offensively. They push it with great pace. They play with great spacing. Uh, and then they share the basketball. It's either three, a layup, or they get to the free-throw line. Sharing the ball and basically trusting your habits. To me, that's what – the NCAA tournament's about. You can't. You don't have to worry about reinventing yourself. Be the best version of yourself. Be who you are and trust that. So, regardless, <clears throat> we agree. They're going to advance. Yes, they're going to go advance. And okay. But I tell you that next round game is going to be an interesting game now. Right? All right, West so we'll Virginia. get to their second again. But let's dive into that 8-9. Um, the 8-9s, I think, in this bracket, they did a really good job outside of one when we do the East and another podcast, we'll talk about that. But for the most part, they're teams that are in the 8-9 game because they've not been consistent, but they have the talent to be higher. I love this matchup. I think it's going to be incredibly physical between these two teams, Maryland and West Virginia. Really good matchup with Jameer Young and Joe Toussaint. But overall, uh, how this game is officiated, I think, will be very interesting and critical. Um what do you like about this Maryland-West Virginia game in Birmingham? Well, you know, when you play West Virginia, there's a couple things you have to do. You have, you have to defend without fouling because West Virginia gets to the free throw line uh, as much as anyone in the country. The second thing you got to do is you got to rebound the ball on the defensive end. 
And the third thing you got to do is you cannot get worn down. One concern I have for Maryland is their depth or their lack of depth. Uh, I've been really impressed with what Hugs has done with this team. I mean, uh, you look at this team, and they have got the toughness of a Hugs team, but they shoot it better. 34% from the three-point line. Stevenson obviously has the ability to stretch the defense. Johnson has the ability to stretch the defense. They have more dudes that can make plays offensively. Trey Mitchell's a little bit of a matchup problem. On the other hand, Jameer Young and Eric Stevenson, that's the matchup I'm looking for. Because Jameer Young, especially at the end of the game, that dude makes plays. Uh, to transfer from Charlotte, he can he can create separation. He's got a step back. He shoots it with range. He wants the ball at the end of the game. Uh, and then Julian Reese, I think he's got to play well. He's got to deal with just the physicality and 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 how West Virginia comes at you. Uh, but the matchup I really want to watch is I, I think you know Eric Stevenson and 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 Jameer Young. I think that's going to really be an interesting matchup to watch. So who are you picking? <clears throat> I've got West Virginia win that game. I think West Virginia with their depth, uh, I, I think that they can wear down Maryland. Maryland at times gets stuck a little bit offensively. Uh, it is going to remind Maryland of, in a lot of ways, of a Big Ten game, except uh, the ability to offensive rebound the ball and get extra possessions. See, where, where I think the difference in this game is, Andy, is that this is a West Virginia team that can turn you over. This is a West Virginia team that can get to the offensive glass. And this is a West Virginia team that can wear you down. And those three things are going to be the difference. Now, Dante Scott shows up for Maryland and comes up big. Akeem Hart comes up big. You know, maybe not. But I, I like this West Virginia team. It's not because it's the Big 12. It's just their depth and the resilience of their ability to get extra possessions. So, I like Maryland in a late possession <clears throat> game. I'm going to trust you. Is that, that Big Ten Network? Uh, I know. You know, I, know bias, I mean, goodness, bias. right. Come on. Take your Big and, Ten and Network hat off. Here. All right. Take your Big Ten. They're going to still have you in the studio. You're going to still do sideline for them. Take your Big Ten hat off, and let's try to be objective. I like Jameer Young in a late game situation, which I think this will come down to a last possession. Um We'll talk about where we have in the second round, but in this particular game, and I do think Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart will step up, make shots. Dom Carey, by the way, another name. Yes. Transferred from Georgetown. He has played very well lately, so that gives them another three-point shooter, and if he can make some threes, I think that could be a difference maker for Maryland. And everyone's transferred from Georgetown, whether it was last year or this year. They might lead the country in transfer portal. Yes. They didn't win a lot of games, but the number of guys that have left Georgetown the last two years, it could be like first-team all-transfer portal. All right, the next game, believe it or not, and maybe this is just me you know, reading the, uh, the tea leaves here, but um, I feel like, as weird as it sounds, that San Diego State, as the five, is getting no love. And uh, everyone's all in on the 12 Charleston at Kelsey, 31 wins. I get it. But I think San Diego State's pretty good. And they defend maybe not as good as they've been, but I think they're still pretty good. Uh, but I just don't get the sense that people are looking to them to potentially win this game. That goes back to your Fresno State bias right there. You know, you're all about those Mountain West schools also. But uh, look, I mean, this is a San Diego State team. I, I look at Charleston a little bit like I look at Ryan Odom's Utah State team. Play fast, play with good spacing, back people down, great spacing, play freed up. Um, Charleston's offensive rebound numbers are really good, but, again, you've got to take into consideration the competition. Uh, 
they do create some matchup problems. There's no doubt about it. The pace of play, they're top 30 in pace of play, uh, which is which is an issue. My concern is I don't think they turn over San Diego State. My concern is that San Diego State plays teams that want to play fast, whether it's UNLV, whether it's New Mexico, and they have the ability to get the game at the pace they want it. Uh, I think the game is going to come down to how physical the game is officiated, very similar. But uh, I think San Diego State's undervalued. I also think a lot of people remember now, <clears throat> the Mountain West last year went over, over. So people are like looking at the Mountain West, well, you know, how good are they? What's their depth really like? Uh, I do like Pat Kelsey's team. Ante Burvich is a, a, a big that can back you down, and he's you know, obviously a tough matchup there. Two leading scorers over the last 10 games came off the bench. They wear you down with numbers. But uh, I, I think San Diego State's going to win this game. Uh, but what a heck of a year Charleston's had. I mean, they got the win over Virginia Tech, which is a huge win. They lost to Ole Miss. So, I mean, they're, they're an interesting team to watch. But I, I have San Diego State win this game. Yeah, this game will be Thursday in Orlando. Those games we mentioned earlier are Thursday in Birmingham. Um, I have San Diego State, too. I think I do have a 12-5, other part of the bracket, but not this one. All right, another game that people are loving to pick right now is the 4-13, also in Orlando on Thursday, Virginia Furman. Um, you know, Virginia, obviously a very common team that people see a lot. They know how Tony Bennett coaches, defends. Kia Clark's been there forever. People don't know about the Paladins. What should they know? They should know that Mike Bothwell and Jalen Slauson are no joke. They should know they play with really good spacing. They move the basketball. They play fast. Now, obviously, they shoot a bunch of threes. Those two guys can play anywhere in the country. They decided to come back a fifth year. They could have put their names in the portal and gone anywhere in the country. So you've got two guys that have got legitimate depth. Uh, J.P. Pegues is, is a solid point guard that can get in the lane and make plays. But they haven't seen a defense like Virginia. And, uh, you know, this is a, a Virginia team, obviously, Furman played NC State early in the season, and and NC State got a piece of them. I think Bob Ritchie's done a great job at Furman, just an amazing job. The consistency of how they played, those kids wanting to stay and play for him. Having said that, uh, Virginia's hard to prepare for because in their mover blocker, um, they do some different things, especially off their flare screen action. Now they're driving a base. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Find hard with spins defensively. And they have a lot of kickouts for threes. Look, I mean, Armand Franklin's got to make shots. Kia Clark has got to run the show. Reese Speakman does what he does. He impacts the game on a defensive end. They got to get something from their front court. And yeah, no Ben Vanderplas. <clears throat> which, you know what? Actually, I understand it. But they looked good in the ACC tournament without Vanderplas. Uh, Kafro did a nice job of screening. Those guys did a nice job of curling. They threw a couple of pocket passes. They came off some elbow ball screens, got downhill, drew a second defender, threw some lobs. Uh, I just think the physicality of the of, of Virginia defense um, will be the difference in this game. Uh, you can't simulate how they their pack line. You can't simulate um, what they do offensively. Now, look, you want to take a flyer, take a flyer, because 
I've also seen Virginia score nine points in the first ten minutes of the game against Duke the other day. I mean, they can get stuck offensively. They've run all that great offense. You know, sometimes they just, you know, they don't have, let's put it, the guys at the end of the offense, and it's not Kyle Guy and it's not Ty Jerome. It's not DeAndre Hunter. They don't make shots like the past Virginia teams make shots. All right, so I'm going with Virginia as well. Before we go to the bottom part of the bracket, let's just take our teams to the Sweet 16. So we both, well, you have Alabama, West Virginia. I have Alabama, Maryland. We both have San Diego State, Virginia. Who wins your two games? And I'll tell you who wins mine. Yeah, I've got Alabama winning, and this is going to be a hard game because if you think about the teams that have beaten Alabama, uh, it's teams that got really, really physical, got up underneath them, hit them, uh, you know, disrupted the rhythm of their offense, uh, took things away, and then pounded them offensively by screening them hard and cutting hard and, and dictating the shot. If you remember the Oklahoma game, that's probably the most vivid. I think Tennessee, similar, similar type game. So, but I think that this Alabama team is better. It's playing its best basketball. Alabama's got more ways to beat you. Uh, Alabama's a team that goes too deep. Uh, they've got two at every position. Uh, they don't have to rely on Brandon Miller, but they've got the best NBA prospect in the NCAA tournament. So I look at this. They can beat you defensively. They protect the rim. They run you off the three. They can turn you over. Offensively, they can post it. They can beat you at the rim, and they can beat you with the three. That's a tough combination. And and then the second game, I've got Virginia. I, I've got Virginia winning that game. And uh, you know, I look at I look at at Virginia, and I look at a team that, if nothing else, Andy, they can impose their identity on the game. And to me, the art of being successful in the tournament and any something like this is you've got to impose your identity on the game. Can you own the tempo and rhythm of the game? You can't speed Virginia up. They're going to make you play at their pace. You're going to have to have great defensive discipline to play against them. And I think because of that, Virginia's ability, no matter who they play, their ability to own the tempo and the rhythm of the game is the difference in the advance. So I agree. Uh, I just have a different opponent. I think Alabama beats Maryland. I think they probably beat them by double figures. And I agree Virginia would beat San Diego State. So we will talk next week the rest of that. But So we, we have the same Sweet 16 matchup of an Alabama-Virginia in Louisville. So let's go now go to the bottom part of the bracket. Uh, let's start with a 6-11 game. Creighton-NC State. That game is in Denver. I, I will actually be there on Friday. Um, listen, NC State, I wasn't sure they were going to get in. I had them in, but as my, one of my last team's in, they had one quad one win, lost to Clemson three times. But here they are. It's Quavian Smith, obviously one of the better guards. Creighton, you know, has better talent than a six, but they played to a six. Uh, there were a lot of injuries. Ryan Kalkbrenner was hurt for that middle part of the season. Um when this team is on offensively, they can play with anybody. They just have not been as consistent, certainly not defensively as well, but they've got a lot of options offensively, and they got a rim protector in Kalkbrenner. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, look, this matchup, look, NC State, their backcourt is the best two-way backcourt maybe in college basketball. Uh, you, you talk, we talk about Terquavian Smith, but we don't talk about Jarkel Jordan. We don't talk about Casey Marcel's development. Uh, you know, he used to be just a, a lockdown defender. Now he's shooting a three over 40%. Up front, D.J. Burns is a tough matchup. There's no doubt about it. Now, who plays opposite D.J. Burns is an issue. 
When I look at the Scranton team, if you want a matchup to watch, Ryan Nebhardt and obviously uh, Darkell Joyner will be an interesting matchup, as will Turquavian Smith and Trey Alexander. Those two matchups in the backcourt, because when you play against NC State, you got to handle that pressure. You can't let them push you out. When you play against NC State, you also got to get back, stop the ball, and defend them all those different angled ball screens that they run. Uh, Cockburn is a very good ball screen defender. He can get out and recover back, obviously, with his size. Um, I think that I don't think that NC State can turn Creighton over. I think that uh, Aluma is a, a tough matchup up front, has the ability to get to the offensive glass. Uh, I like Creighton in this game because I think they'll take care of the ball. They'll do a pretty good job of defending the three-point line. They're actually we think of of Creighton as this great offensive team. They're actually a better defensive team. And I think Baylor Scheinerman will end up being a tough matchup for for NC State because of how they move him around. He can shoot it. He can drop dimes. He can drive it. A defensive rebound. He can initiate the fast break. Uh, I think that I think that uh, Creighton wins this game. I agree. Uh, I just think offensively they're going to have too many options. I just simply think they're a better team. Um, Baylor, UC Santa Barbara. This is a three fourteen matchup, also in Denver. Um, if you get the good Baylor, the good Baylor could win. You know this region. Uh, we just don't know which Baylor we're going to get. AJ Mitchell obviously is an outstanding player for Santa Barbara. They won the Big West second year in a row. Uh, again, there are so many teams like this in this bracket where you just don't know which one you're going to get because Baylor's high can be way up here, but their low can be down here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously Santa Barbara's going to try to slow the pace of this game down, and Mitchell is a good player, but I look at the Baylor backcourt. Uh, you know, Keontae George hasn't been as good since he had that little injury. But it's not that you can't deny just the backcourt of Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Keontae George. Now, JTT, everyday John back. Uh, I think they survived Santa Barbara because I think Santa Barbara will have a hard time. They'll play more pack line. They'll try to keep it in front. Uh, but where you have to stop the basketball when you play Baylor, in other words, you're, as your point of attack defensively, you know, they run those drag ball screens in transition way up high. And those guys are just, they, they just let it rip. And then, you know, I think Jalen Bridges is a little bit under underappreciated. I think he's been really good the second half of the season. He's been a, he's played at a high level for them. I think that Baylor eventually wears them down, and I think that Flagler, Cryer, and Keontae George, now with Bridges playing at the way he's playing, I think that uh, that's the difference in this game. I agree with you. So we both agree, Creighton, <clears throat> Baylor. Let's go to the bottom part of the bracket, the le- the lower left part, uh, in Sacramento on Thursday. As again, those other games were in Denver on Friday. We've got Missouri-Utah State at 7-10 and a 2-15 Arizona-Princeton. Uh, Missouri, Dennis Gates did an outstanding job with that team this season. And Ryan Odom, you know, going to Utah State, remember he was the coach at UMBC, knocking off Virginia in the 16-1. When he went to Utah State, people were like, whoa, whoa, that's just sort of an odd move. And here he is a couple years later, got them in the tournament. They played for the title against San Diego State uh, on Saturday in Vegas before losing to them in the Mountain West Conference. Very interesting matchup. Tempo will be key. Who do you like in the 7-10? Well, I think the tempo, they're both going to play at, at, at warp speed. Both of them play five out. Both of them are great passing, cutting teams. Kobe Brown is a tough matchup. His matchup with Funk will be a really interesting matchup right there. Kobe Brown plays at the five. They they step him all the way from the basket. It's a pick and pop. It's a short roll. It's a defensive rebound and a push. Uh, Des Moines Hodge is making big, big-time shots for Missouri right now. Stephen Ashworth for Utah State is as good off the balls as any player in the country. Uh, Ryan Odom's team, I mean, think about this. They shoot almost 40% from the three-point line. 
They shoot 47% of the shots from the three. Both of them, both think about this, both of these teams score 35% of their points from the three. So here's the question for Utah State. Can they rebound the ball on the defensive end? Can they take care of the ball against the pressure? Does the pressure speed them up and take them out of rhythm? Because Missouri gives up a ton of threes because they're scrambling around, and when they're scrambling around, they're usually behind the play. When they're behind the play, uh, they have a problem getting to closeouts and running people off the three-point line. Uh, I'm torn, so I'm going to go in this game. See, like, if I picked Missouri, I almost thought that maybe it could be an upset in the next round. If you pick Utah State, I don't think there's an upset in the next round. Uh, So this is a, a, a really tough selection for me. In the end... I'm going to stay true to what I did uh, right out of the box at Selection Sunday on our Bracketology show, and I'm going to pick Utah State and the Fighting Ryan Odoms, my former assistant coach, to handle the pressure, dictate the shot they want, uh, and then rebound the ball in the defensive end. All right, so the first upset, 10-7, Utah State of Missouri. I'm going with Missouri. Last game, Arizona-Princeton. Princeton beats Yale at home to win the Ivy. Uh, listen. Arizona, I was high on them early. They went a little sideways with that loss to Sanford at home wazoo. Uh, they they win the win the Pac-12 tournament last weekend in Vegas. I'm back on the Arizona bandwagon in Sacramento. I think they win this game. I think they well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think they look pretty good in this bracket. Uh how can Princeton upset Arizona? Well, it's real simple. Impose their identity on the game. Make it a half-court game. Take them out of transition. You better run with Azul's Tabellas because if you don't, you got no shot. You better figure out a way to pressure that high-low pass and they'll play some matchup zone or you have no shot. You've got to shorten the possession. It's the art of the upset. Own the tempo and rhythm of the game. Take your opponent out of transition. Take him off the glass and then have someone step. Don't let the other team's best player beat you, which means you've got to run with Tabellas and then have someone on your team step up and make plays. I don't see it happening. Uh... I think that, yeah, the backcourt of, of Arizona is a little bit of a concern. There's no doubt about it. But, on the other hand, uh, Courtney Ramey made that big shot. Kirk Chris has been better. Larson's been really, really good of late with his athleticism and uh, Larson, his yep. shot making. So, um, I've, got, I've got Arizona winning this game. All right, I do as well as I said. So, let's advance to the Sweet 16 to join Alabama and Virginia, which we agreed on. Uh, who wins in your matchup of Creighton-Baylor and your matchup of Utah State-Arizona? Yeah, I've got Creighton. Uh, I've got Creighton. You know, preseason, they were top five. Some people thought they were the best team in the country. Trey Alexander's really a tough matchup. He's got a terrific middle game. Shineman really just, he helps their team with his ability to stretch, rebound, pass, play. Kalkbrenner defensively, I, I think, is a difference. Uh, you know, when I, when I look at this matchup, uh, I think that they have uh, – Nebhardt can guard the basketball. Alexander can guard the basketball. Shineman can guard the basketball. They've got good overall size. They're a good ball screen defensive team. Uh, and I, I think that Baylor, in the end, they're going to struggle defending. I mean, if you want a matchup, Nebhardt obviously and L.J. Cryer will be a fun matchup to watch uh, just because, you know, Cryer's a little undersized but can elevate and jump up and knock down shots. Uh, so I would think – I would say that would be a matchup to watch in that one. So, uh, I'm going to go with Creighton advancing uh, and Arizona. Uh, who do you have Arizona? I have Arizona over Missouri. You have Arizona, Utah State. Who do you got? Yeah, I've got Arizona over Utah State. And, and, you know, I think Ryan can spread them out a little bit, but I don't think that, you know, the ability to defend the high-low game, I don't think the ability to control the tempo of their game, they won't disrupt 
Arizona enough to get him out of what they want to do. Um, and I think Arizona uh, is good enough in terms of sitting down on a stance perimeter on the ball where they don't have to overhelp. They'll do a good job on Ashworth. They'll do a good job on Funk. Uh, I think I think that Arizona will overwhelm them uh, with their front court. All right, so we actually have the same four teams getting to the Sweet 16 in Louisville, Alabama versus Virginia, and then a rematch of the Maui Invitational title game, Creighton versus Arizona. Uh, as always, you can follow Seth at, F, at, at, at Seth on Hoops. You can follow me at the Andy Katz on our social media handles. That was our breakdown of the South Bracket. Next week, we'll take right. it Sweet 16 in. Hey, also, Andy, if you're listening to this, you can go to ESPN.com and sign up for the Tournament Challenge. Because I'll tell you one thing, I want to see if you can beat my bracket. I know you're going to beat Andy's bracket because Andy's bracket is perfectly mediocre. He's kind of a homer for the Big Ten, Mountain West schools. I just kind of say what I think. No agenda. Don't at me. Well, you can look at my bracket on the March Madness uh, March Madness MBB handle and the Big Ten network of handle. Course, yeah. Of course. Of course. You have, all, you have all four Big Ten teams in the finals. I understand. Yes. That. 